in other years? It seems like it did to me. It seems like we just ended the season. Turn around, next thing you know, we're at spring football practice. Happened quick. Yeah, well, the bowl game kind of speeds up the clock when you play a bowl game. you actually game. get into a bowl game, yeah. play in a bowl game. Yeah, you forget that it is quicker once you are well into almost January. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of a strange deal to play in a bowl game. And then I think also the NIL stuff, uh, the portal also got us into January, a good bit into January where things were not settled about who's coming and who's going. So by the time you settle and then you look at the roster, react to what they need still, the guys that are going to come back, play defensive end for you, defensive tackle, running back, all that stuff. It's almost February. So you're only four or five weeks away. And here we are. No, I love it. I love it. I mean, I'm not complaining. I'd like the same sort of magic time warp to occur over the dead of summer. Not that I want to miss out on things that I have planned with friends and family and all that good stuff, but, you know, anything that would expedite the sense that we're almost to football season with the team this program has now, uh, it's it's a game changer. It really is. It, it, <laughs> I forgot what it was like to not just be eager to see a product, a sport that I love. You know, like, I think generally speaking, if you listen to this show, it's not just that you're a huge Florida State fan. You're a fan of sports. You're a fan of football. And so even when the Knolls are bad, it's not as fun. But, you know, we're going to have football back. But when the Knolls are really good or they have a chance to be really good, you're reminded of how that, you know, that, that anticipation grows. And you think about it in the deadest of times, just walking around. Like I give my kids walking around money all the time. Oh, hey, when you go, you go to your friends, hey, here's some walking around money. I want to make sure that they're not caught where they can't be able to participate. I, 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 my, my football thoughts are that way. I'm like, I'm walking into Marco's to get a pizza on a Friday night for the family. And I start thinking about the battle at right guard. <laughs> Just walking around football thoughts. Happens more to me now that I'm really legitimately eagerly anticipating the season. I, I think they're going to be good. Like downright good, good. Not kind of like for them, they're good. No, they're good. Well, and that's where the tone is always set in the trenches, and we've had to work around it as a football staff over there. They've only had so to much scheme around do. it. There's yeah. only so much you can do. Right. We've had talk around it mm. as a media member. You know, there's there are ways that you could still win football games when you lose the trenches, but that margin is so slim. And now, if both ends of the football, both sides of the football are healthy enough in the fall, that makes everybody look better on both sides that are not in the trenches. It makes the linebackers look better. It makes the cornerbacks and the safeties and the wide receivers and the running backs, the backup ones. They may just be kicking ass on a given day like they did against Miami, down at Miami, running the same play over and mm, over again. Get you some of this. And maybe it's Kaziah Holmes that runs for a buck 25 or Rodney Hill. And we say, is that guy better than Trey Benson? No. Let's pump the brakes. We just have an elite offensive line. So a lot of people can run behind that elite offensive line. These are weird places we have not gone, even in the 29th straight. That offensive line for the 29th straight was very good, but it was thin. And there were times where they were even overwhelmed during that run. This group, I don't know that it has as much top-end NFL talent. It might. Correct. That's it, a better way of describing it. It yeah. might, but it's got more insurance policies. It's got a hell of a lot more insurance policies. I joked yesterday on Seminole Headlines. I was standing watching the offensive line. Tom, from me to you, buddy, I was standing there watching 
some of the instruction that was going on with Alex Atkins and, and these guys that he's working with better clay. He's working with better clay. And so I'm watching these guys and I won't name the person they're on the staff. They're part of the athletic staff. And they walked over to me and said, hello. And, and I said, hello back and good to see them. And, you know, we're kind of just catching up. And, uh, he noted that I was, I don't know if I was looking longingly, but I was looking with a degree of satisfaction on my face at what I was witnessing. A little bit of thirst. He no, he was, he was looking at me like, you seem genuinely excited to, to, you know, lay your gaze upon this talent. Yeah. And I, and I, I said, uh, yeah, I, I, I am. It's, it's different. And I was trying not to insult anybody specifically, but they did. They did. They made me laugh. Yeah, I heard that segment uh, during a break yesterday. Yeah. They turned to me and said, there ain't no blanks out here. And he was talking about a specific type of player uh, with a name, a real name. It was a real person. Yeah. Yeah. How about your headlines, compatriot, yesterday? Uh, he's, Wanted throwing, names? he's throwing people under the bus. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. I don't know if he's got an axe to grind or what, but. People can ask him about that, but uh, I'm just telling you that was very old school. You, I was like, well, well, but when I did weird. it, I didn't wasn't I? I did it for very specific reasons. I legitimately wanted to hurt that kid's feelings. I wanted him gone, <laughs> and I made no bones about it. But other times, tough love Cameron's different than what he was doing. Tough love Cameron will get on you if he thinks there's an ability that's untapped, that you've been weak lately. You're not focused. Oh perfect segue then. Mm -hmm. is there somebody that tough love cameron is fixed upon on this roster on the football team yeah it's a better team but is tough love cameron looking at a certain player because mm. it's got to be a player not a position group tough love cameron doesn't work when you spread out the love it's got to be it's very targeted very specific yeah it's got to be surgical sure and when i am calling a singular individual out for their it all started with Billy Strode all those years all ago. All those years ago. Yeah, you're right. I did it a lot in baseball over the years. There'd be guys that I would say, you're not getting the job done, buddy. You're, you're a gas can out of the bullpen. We can't have you rolling out of here. Um, there's a guy, I can never remember his name, but there's a relief pitcher for the Phillies that Director Matthew hates. And every time that dude comes out, I picture Matthew going, he just knows. Here goes the lead. Adam Morgan. There it is. <laughs> we've been in the in the studio together, and we've got the game up on a side computer, or he's just looking at the game as it's being played, and, and he'll go, oh, we just went to Adam Morgan. All right. And I see that look on his face, and the Phillies are up three runs. I'm like, that's a three-run lead. You're like, not for long. <laughs> nah. Not for long. And then invariably, admittedly, he's right about it. I'll look over and there's a two-run dong. I'm like, ooh, eh, that's a walk and a dong. And he's like, in a hurry, in a hurry. This game, we got a game. <laughs> Is, uh, your boy over here with Jerry's Familia. Mm. Post-Alex Gordon home run, the 2015 World Series, useless. And we were free of him into, I believe, mid-March, about four years ago. Mm -hmm. And the news came down. We signed him. I had been watching spring training thinking we're free and then signed him back. And guess what? Walk machine. I will say that there is a player uh, that I'm looking at. I don't know if they warrant tough love yet, 
but I'll be watching Duke Cooper closely. Okay. He was a bitter disappointment last year. Stunk. Took a huge fall. Was a, a liability for this yep. football team a year ago. Now. How he practices, how he played, and vice versa. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah. this is the one caveat I'm going to say about that. We learned from Mike Norvell the other day that Duke was dealing with an injury, and he was trying to play through it. Now, you want to talk about better depth and more talent? Here's an example where that comes into play. You mean to tell me a year ago they felt so very little about the secondary room that a guy who you know is hurt is a shell of himself who's giving you ample evidence through the first four games that, you know, he's not any good at all, like not even close to where he once was, and you still roll his ass out there every week or as often as he could give it a go? I mean, that that tells me you you hated your options. Yeah, I remember in Louisville he was rotated out. He was mostly on the outs, but for Wake, there were a couple of key plays that he was on the football field. Yes, yeah, in which he failed. Yeah. And so I, you know, listen, I had to be very difficult for him. This is why I mentioned that. I give him the out. We found out he was playing through injury. He was not even close to being as effective as he once was. So I, I just now that I see it's a bigger version of him. You'll see that today, Tom, when you go out there. He's bigger. Um, he looks healthy again. He's running freely. There's no hitch in the giddy up. Everything looks right. So you know, as he transitions to safety, can he be an asset? Can he be somebody that really helps this team? Because uh, they do have some options now. Here's what's curious about that. If he was that dinged up and he's back to 100%, then let's suppose that he could be what he was towards the tail end of his freshman year in a, in a more mature At corner, frame. at corner, right, yeah. Why not just play him back there? I think they have, I think they feel good about their options at corner. they have too many of them? Is well, I don't know about too many, but they've got, Three, I think they really like. Because if you had he and Cypress on the edges, and then but you got Renardo Green too, best available on the slot. Well, is there okay. a, we think his area is going to be a nickel probably. So, and I don't that know that would be so weird. What do you, I can, I this is interchangeable by the way. I can say that it's either Duke Cooper or I would tell you that it's um, Kevin Knowles. Kevin Knowles. Because Kevin Knowles last year right. had a very similar fall from grace, right? He went the same way Duke Cooper did. He, he 100% right either. Well, there you go. Yeah. So we were steady running two dudes out there yeah. that were well below average, partly because they were hurt. That tells me that, again, I was not in love with the man who was coaching the secondary a year ago. I'm not sure he knew what he was looking at. And he's now not with us, meaning the program. He is with Arkansas where he's free to suck. And we'll see what happens to Woo Pig Sue. <laughs> right. But now you got a guy in here that we're excited to see coach who is well thought of and certainly I think has a better handle on what he's looking at. As a you know, as it to me, it's a predictor based on his knowledge of the sport, his high level of play, and also his coaching ability took him to the NFL. He's going to have, as it pertains to that secondary, he's going to have a better, I think, clue of what he's seen. And so, uh, you know, the, there's no guarantees those guys play at all because they do have options now. And there are some guys that have come in here. Fintrell Stripers being one of them, obviously. There's a guy that 
has played at a high level in this league already, has accomplished a lot. You've seen him. I've seen him. He's very fluid in and out of his, you know, I mean, he, he can Looks really apart. turn his hips and go. Yeah. There's a presence about him. Is he, is he Jalen Ramsey in terms of how he presents physically? No. No, it's not like that. Where no, you look on the field no, and say, oh. No, no. Very few people present that way. Good luck disengaging if he gets his hands on you. Yeah. No, that's not what you see with Ventrell, but mm -hmm. there's just a presence and a smoothness. It's kind of like when you see uh, a polished receiver and the way they carry themselves. You know, They know that they can get open. The way he carries himself, he knows he can cover you. And I just look forward to seeing those battles day by day because we have a receiver room that's worth a damn now. We used to you know, say that the defensive backs were good because they would blanket cover our receivers, but you know, then we found out our receivers were terrible. Nobody could get open, so of course they could. Congratulations. Yeah, those were tough days. Also something I'm glad that we have been able to rid ourselves of uh, as we get set to cover the rest of these practices throughout spring and on into the fall. That was tough. Every day going out there going, I just don't see a guy. I mean, you'd have to fight hard to convince yourself that there was even an average player at the position. Average in this in this league, in the ACC. Like, I, there were numerous guys. You're like, that guy can't even play in the ACC, and he's gonna have to play for us. I mean, point blank, there were there were segments or drills that were a complete waste of time to watch and assess. No, it hurts your feelings. I hated it. I hated it. That's not gonna get better. So let's watch over here and see if this could get better. Like that's. You can't do that anymore at practice. I found State. myself staring off into the distance. Don Johnson, Miami Vice, overlooking the ocean while con contemplating his divorce. That was me. Yeah. We put, that's right. I'm standing out there looking over the Atlantic, thinking about all the poor decisions I've made that have led to this moment. Bill Collins in the background as I walk to my car, depressed with what I'm witnessing at practice. Tom, how did it arrive at this? Did you ever think that we would meet up here, the third deck at Hauser, to watch this assembled mass of sorry? The Jeff Cambridge Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. I'm old enough to remember the heartbeat video, which is as bad as it sounds like it would be with Don Johnson singing, top of his lungs, heartbeat, nothing but a heartbeat. He got better at singing for Watchmen on HBO. That's right. He was really good in Watchmen on HBO. That twist with what's in his closet was one of the more predictable things on a very unpredictable show. Yeah, it was a good show, but it was predictable. But it, they still executed it well in the sense that you were kind of like, ooh. Yeah. Taking it back. Well, when they first show his home and you see the security mm. guards outside of his home, I remember looking at Jamie and saying, no, 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 something's wrong. These guys aren't cops. But what was weird about it was, remember, the nice dinner they had, mixed mm -hmm. company. Yeah. And he's sitting there as a cop doing blow at the table. I mean, it was weird. You know, like, he wasn't trying to hide it. I was like, okay, well, these people are down together. They're all together. This is real I, love. I think he went to the kitchen well, quickly. But well, yeah. but I mean, yeah. he had but it on his, his nose. his nose is bleeding. <laughs> I'm like, he's not trying to hide who he is. And he was comfortable enough. But then there it is. That's what makes it all the more insidious. You're like, oh, goodness gracious. It's disturbing. I love that. It was a human Trojan horse. <laughs> uh, he died a bad death. Uh, toughy. And that's not a spoiler for those. I mean, that happens quick. You're, I think you're uh, an episode and a half in. Or maybe I remember just, loving yeah. that. Like, whoa. 
Well, what do we have here? Well, that was uh, who's the actor? That's uh, Chappie. Yeah, it's uh, Louis Gossett. Yeah, Jr. Louis Gossett. Yep. Yeah, that was and uh, God, he's been around a long time. That dude, he was in movies I liked when I was six. Who lasts longer on this earth? Gossett, I'm assuming he's still around. I think Could so. I be making the same mistake I, again? I hope not. I hope not. I hope you're not. <laughs> or yeah. Gene Hackman. Oh, Gene's in his 90s now, right? All right, look it up. So for guys that, for people whose careers play out before our eyes over a 40 or 50 year span, like that moment, now it's different for everybody depending on how well they take care of themselves. But if you're a singer or an actor or an athlete and you've been in the public eye for, you know, as I said, three decades, four decades, that moment of falling off a cliff from where you went viable, even in your late 50s, late 60s, early 70s, whatever it might be, to, oh, my God, death is lurking around the corner, happens fast because you go from seeing that viable character, that actor, that athlete, that whomever, up on the big screen, entertaining you to, I haven't seen so-and-so in a couple of years. How are they? And then they catch him at some premiere where they were trying to come in through the side door because they're like an executive producer. They're not even in the movie. And then, of course, the paparazzi snaps 100 pictures of the decrepit version of Gene Hackman, who's barely alive. And you're like, no, look at Gene Hackman. That is death hovering behind him. Yeah, so that that happens. It breaks your heart when it does. I feel like the person who lasted the longest while in that state was Christopher Plummer. Mm. Christopher Plummer looked like he was basically dead for eight, nine years, and he was still doing movies. He died in 2021. Uh, Hackman is 93, Louis Gossett, 86. I think Hackman's in trouble. Recently, there have been a lot of dedications to Gene. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Roberts? Um, that type of stuff. Like the Hollywood version? People are like, the great Gene Hackman's oh, birthday was today. You're like, no. okay. All right. You people are trying it. to, yeah, the they people know. trying to get it in there. They're like, he won't be with us much longer. Lifetime Achievement Award coming down row seven here. Let's get it done before he's no longer here to accept it. Yeah, it's, it's, I, there was a picture not long ago and it upset me. I remember thinking, because it's going to happen to every one of us. But again, you're in the aisle and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, no. That, that one's going to hurt. Old Gene. He's a badass. Yeah. But see, that's the problem. You got see, come oh, on. That's no. not Gene. Ha- is that Gene Hackman? <gasps> Damn it. It's over. Look at that picture. For people on the radio, you're going, this is terrible. Just trust us. We, Director Matthew's cruel. You yes. know how much joy you derive of Googling Jack Nicholson hoagie? This is the opposite feeling. Yeah, this is not good. I do like that he picked up a little coffee. Got a little coffee on the road there. He's trying. <laughs> What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day, and I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good, too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, It had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. 
Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it. And I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Oh, man. I didn't know it was that bad. I told you. I knew. I, I saw some other picture where I was like, Okay. You are oddly aware of oh, celebrities. Acutely that, aware of death that but, looms for many. You no, know, celebrity knowledge. Like you're oddly aware. So this is a very specific thing to know. Did you check on him recently? Did were you just how's Gene Hackman doing? And then you were aghast? I'm, or does it pop no. up in your feed? How do you get this knowledge? So I'm a fan of Gene Hackman, the actor. He's done a great job in almost everything he's ever been in. He's even good in terrible movies. The replacements. Like he's yeah, he's great, right? So winners want the ball. Well, he's just he's just always good. And he's also been in countless just iconic roles, right? So anyhow, somebody mentioned him about a month ago on like I don't know, Instagram or something. And they were talking about a role. It was his role in Mississippi Burning, which is an awesome role. And he's great in it. And anyhow, I hadn't seen that movie in 25 years. And uh, I remember seeing it in the theater. And uh and I was like, "Oh man, I forgot the barbershop scene." And when he comes in and they're just like the good old boy network hanging out, drinking, even though they're not supposed to, you know, prohibition and all that. And he walks in and he starts talking to him and it's going to be a, a great scene because anyway, I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't seen it, but I don't think I have. So well, yeah. yeah. So I know what's, so I decided to look for it, found it, watched the scene. was like, Oh man, that was great. Well done. Well done. And then somebody else underneath that immediately said something along the lines of, um, can't believe he's 90-whatever. And that did cause me to go, hmm, what's going on with Gene? How'd this even come up? Why is this up? And then, I, yeah. Because of how our smart devices listen to us. Everybody who is listening to the pod, watching it on TV, watching it TV Oh, you're right all now, about to see a lot of pictures yeah, of Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. Uh, His role in The Birdcage is one of my favorite roles in any movie ever. But just because he can deliver such absurd lines so straight-faced, just calmly. This is the question of the day, and I'll move on. Jeff, who was the celebrity you referenced in a show who then died a few days afterwards? That's happened a bunch of times, but I can't recall the specific one of these. It wasn't Hubie Brown. He's still going. Hubie's still kicking it, and he's still good. Yeah. He's still good. It's, I don't know how, but he is. He's still good at what he does. He gives us all hope. Quick-witted, understands what he's looking at, breaks think, down the coverage really well. I think he called Pistol Pete's rookie season. <laughs> he's really good still. I, I don't remember who that was. Speaking of odd, this is football related. Red Grange. You know who Red Grange is? Yeah, I'm aware. The galloping of, uh, goat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, he only died in 1991. I would have thought Red Grange had been dead for the better part of 50 years. 
technically that's true right now. He is, yeah, 91 is the better part of 50 years. Well, that's true. Sadly. But I would have thought he had left this a long ago. He was all world in like 1920. Not, that's not a lot. He was. He was. All, <laughs> he was. He died in the state of Florida. Somebody we know. Somebody we know, by the way, uh, has a Red Grange autograph. It was offered up to me. For how much? They want me to pick up a Tampa Bay Lightning jersey for him when I go down this weekend, and they're going to give me this Red Grange picture and autograph. Oh, that sounds like a good deal. It, I think it will be a good deal on, for me. Yeah, but the Galpin Ghost died in the state of Florida, by the way, even though he went to Illinois. P. Simpson says that Hubie Brown will be the next head coach of FSU basketball. <laughs> will start a very, very productive 20-year career in Tallahassee. I think Clint Eastwood's dead any day now. I think Clint is probably on the way out. Duvall is also. Bob Duvall is. We got, oh, I saw Bob recently, too. Time's up. Good run. Yeah. All-time great run. I mean, you can't. That's one of the things. It's just a dolphin to the cap. Gene Hackman, all-time. Jimmy Kahn, same thing. It was quick. Well, and Khan was, uh, I listened to an interview he did on WTF uh, about a year ago, and I was like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, we're about done here. Because they had him on, uh, I went and saw in the movie theaters, The Godfather 50th Anniversary nice. last year, yeah. which was great, mm-hmm. and they had a little Q&A beforehand, and he was on the dais, and it was, they were protecting him, as they should have. Oh, yeah. Kind of like they did with uh, Paulie Walnuts uh, in a recent Goodfellas one, like, whoop. No, 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 no. I'm sure they cut a lot of this. We don't it went need to him air. up there. It's tough when they wheel these guys Old out Tony there. Old Tony was not having it. I just remember, like, listen, the worst of these, you've got to have the ability to discern. If you've got, this is true at FSU, this is true anywhere. If you have a legendary figure, largely responsible for the popularity of your program in the case of athletics, you have a legendary actor, and in, as I said before, 20 iconic films is all time. And you do these remembrances in which people get to gather and feel good again and embrace nostalgia. A lot of times they do it for fundraising purposes or to benefit the arts or whatever it might be, right? You need, before committing to an event like that, to to lay eyes on all the participants. Like, get in there and don't just get a yes via email from their handler. Why don't you go see Jimmy Kahn before we decide to put him up on the stage? Go see who it is we're talking about. Tony Sirico. Yeah. Make sure you go check these guys out. We could do a video message from Tony. You know what? I love it. Let's do a video yeah. message from uh, Tony. Edit it and everything. And yeah. The right lighting. 25 the seconds. The right lighting. Just a know? real quick. Hey, couldn't be there, guys. What a great time. You guys have fun type How thing. How you doing, you mother? Yeah. You know, people. Oh, oh, he is a change of fit. That guy's great. All right. Now, cut away. Cut away. Or they begin to zoom in. So you 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 gotta you get all of that, but like when they didn't <laughs> I can still remember, I'm still thinking about the Yankees having the gall to roll your boy out there. Now I hate Steinbrenner was a crook and a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't really care that he was made to look the fool, but you can't have a guy go out there and drool on himself and cry because the cool air hit his skin and there's noises. My man was having I, a nervous breakdown. I think when I'm 50, I'll agree with you. But at 36, 
if the bully gets bullied a little bit, uh, it's just I'm not gonna cruel. not gonna be heartbroken. Just, cr- I mean, they have him out there. He's scared. You can tell he's looking around quickly, thinking that the attack is coming at any moment. There are tears coming down. He thrived on the fear that he would invoke another. I'm not feeling yeah. sorry for him. Yeah. Just saying, if you cared about him, you would have laid eyes on the situation. Said my man does not even know he's here. Well, this isn't. This doesn't help anybody. <laughs> Who is this helping? Well, yeah, this is an helping. Yeah, 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 yeah. question. Are you guys trying to just be like, who feels better? Maybe people on the upper deck because they can't see what's going on. That's they, about they it. They did it to Ted Williams. Yeah. On the All-Star game. Yes. They did it to Gordy Howe for his birthday. I, we've Somebody, gone down this road. The Jeff Cameron Show PR firm would be like, guys, 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 guys. All well-intentioned, I'm sure, but we're not rolling Ted Williams out here tonight. Look at him. He's over in the corner. Just look at him. It needs to be you. You can make a lot of money in this world because you've got to be the brutal voice in the room. I would do it. I would say, guys. Guys, you want to scare him to death? What? Look at this. What is wrong Why with you? Why don't we just hold the funeral right after? What is about to kill him. You would have said that to the folks at Augusta with Arnie. What are we doing? He's got seven layers on. It's 88 degrees. Arnie doesn't want to be out here. No. And certainly if he is, let's not address him as though we're at his funeral. <laughs> that was my favorite part, though. He's here. He can hear you. And now, as the great Mr. The Palmer would have said. I'm here, the first team. He's here. He can say it now. No, no. Known <laughs> as Magnolia Fur. Uh, the first tee here. Augusta. Oh. For one last, there was a time. Hopefully, second to last April. Mr. Palmer, you have the teeth. Oh. He can't walk. Why is he out here? It's the Jeff Cambridge Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. All that good stuff. And he noted that um, since Mike Alford came out with the very public uh, frustrations that Florida State has regarding situation of the ACC and the economics. There have been other athletic directors that have now come out publicly supporting Florida State's position. Clemson's Graham Neff, which we are not surprised by, former athletic director uh, at Clemson, now Miami, Dan Radakovich also did, and North Carolina's Bubba Cunningham. So that's uh, that's kind of surprising. Um, Tobacco Road is on fire. Now, Cunningham made his comments on a radio interview in North Carolina, said essentially what everybody else has said up to this point regarding the revenue producers and the need for those producers to receive larger distributions of the money. Um, Clemson's athletic director did it in a newspaper interview in South Carolina as well, so they've now felt emboldened to be able to do it. Uh, But again, I don't know that any of this is going to be the catalyst for what it is we need. This is a temporary salve on a gushing wound. This is not going, even if it's agreed to, this is not long-term going to help this conference and not those that seek much more in the way of revenue to compete with uh, those in the SEC and Big Ten. But what it does is it helps define when the line is drawn in the sand who stands on which side. And we could all speculate, and it's been an open secret, that North Carolina, as much of a, they want to tell you about their charter membership in the ACC as they do, 
that they stand with Florida State and Clemson. And we figured Miami would be on the same side of the line as we are as well. Of course. Because of, obviously, they get it. They know what it means to be successful in football. Many moons ago in the black and white TV era. I wasn't yet 10 or 12 years old, but they were, and they understand the value of that. Virginia has long been tied to being on our side of the line as well because they might be a natural fit for the Big Ten, which, I mean, they want the payday. They yeah, certainly they, want they the payday. They do, but I, I don't know what value they bring the conference, but okay. But they understand that this isn't going to exist for a while, and there, there will be haves and have-nots. They want to be on the have side of the equation. Sure. So that's five. That's five. Well, David Hale noted that there are, he thinks, six uh, that would agree to this situation. He believes that they're open to the idea of, larger portions of the revenue going to those that produce. And, um, okay, fine, that's still not enough. You have got to find a way. Um, and, and, by the way, this puts Jim Phillips in a bad position. His league is publicly talking about the problems of uh, the money and what should be done about it, and athletic directors are speaking openly and honestly with any reporting outlet that they can noting these problems and so how are you going to build consensus if you're jim phillips about what to do when like five or six of your members are like this you know this was not advisable from the commissioner they don't care anymore i don't know i feels like a dead conference walking but i don't know you know to me the biggest concern i have isn't when it's going to happen because it's it is when it's going to happen it's not if. I know it's going to happen, but what if it's 10 years from now? It's too late. It needs to happen a lot sooner. And I'm not talking about this stopgap nonsense where you make an extra $3 million than you're making now. That ain't going to get it done. You sure you'll take the money? As you noted, you'll take the money just to collect more for when you buy yourself out of this exactly. thing. Exactly. It speeds up the process. Yeah, yeah. but no, man. Um, I don't think this is what, what, what works. Um, I think it'll be sooner than later. I think what these what these institutions are doing or the representatives are documenting where they stand and if there is to be a a battle of some kind or an argument to be made that they have exhausted all their options and they wanted very much for this to work with the ACC but it just can't. Here is them kind of putting datelines next to their stance for any future potential legal action. You know, it doesn't mean that it has to come to that. But you've got to go on record publicly beyond the minutes of a board meeting to show that, hey, man, we're trying to make this work. You guys don't want to work with us. You other member institutions of the ACC don't want to vote in favor of keeping this thing afloat. So you know what? The hell with you. We tried. We want to prove that we tried. Yeah, the problem is that if at the end of it you've exhausted those options, are you prepared to go to court? Do you have a a, a way to wrangle yourself from, from these very restrictive regulations when it comes to uh, grant of rights. I don't know that we do. I think that there will be an appetite to go to court in a year or two because, it, again, it just comes down to what is the watermark of the figure that you're willing to part with. It, you don't have to cut the check straight away. It doesn't have to be the moment we leave the ACC, we got to issue a check. This settlement that was done between Texas, Oklahoma, and the Big 12 shows that you can do it as a future payment down the line, which is important. But they were but one year removed, one year away from at being, fifty million, which is yeah, nothing. Yeah, we estimate one hundred twenty to leave. But honestly, are they going to the ACC if we left? Are they going to say you owe us every red cent and they're going to win that in a settlement? Well, for the one twenty, yes. 
Okay, but, but beyond the, that, the five hundred and eighty to six hundred million. Are they really going to expect that we would pay all of that? Are they going to argue that to the hill because they're only costing themselves money in a court of law to argue that over years and years? So what's the figure? Do they want five and we're willing to pay three? And if we wait a couple of years, we're closer to that number. Like, I think, what's it going to be? I really believe if you're telling me now that you think, let's say that behind closed doors, you went to the league and said, okay, look, this is moving towards a lawsuit. This is moving towards us challenging in court. They might very well say, well, by all means, have at it. This is ironclad. You're screwed. And when, when we win the case, you're going to pay our legal expenses. But anyhow, the point would be, Let's let's say they're open to a discussion. Well, if they're open to a discussion and you tell you tell me that they say, okay, well, look, the 120 million, of course, we're, we have to have that. Of course, they would say fine. And then let's say they go and of the 580 to six, whatever is calculated with the grant of rights, we're going to we'll let you out for 300. So 300 plus the 120, so 420 million dollars and you're you're free to go. That feels a hell of a lot closer to attainable than not. I don't know about. Well, you. I'm saying if it's if if you actually had a number, if it was said to Florida State or Clemson, $420 million total, you're out of the grant of rights and you're out of the conference. I think we would do that now. I, I, I think that there would be an avenue by which to make that work. I don't disagree with you. Now, so, so let's just hope. But the, if you can work it back channel a way that you don't have to pay any of that. You know, beyond the 120, because you can, uh, yeah, cajole the votes I'm... for di for dissolving this what the situation, or work with the network to have you go from A to B, and all you got to cut a check for is 120. Then I think it's worth waiting another year to see if you can save yourself 300 million dollars. You know, like I think that's where we might be right now. Well, I think it started by trying to get eight schools to agree we need to get the hell up out of here yeah. and dissolve the conference in an essence. But that, I don't think they're going to be able to do that just yet. And then I think from there, the next best option is the hope that they actually give you a number and you can ride. Is it possible though? Cause you've talked a lot about this, how the next big domino to fall is the PAC 12 negotiations and, and where they continue those to watch that. Yeah. If they crumble enough that Arizona, Arizona state and some others leave for the big 12. And so this is now going to be positioned as conference three. The Big 12 will be the best of the rest, quote-unquote. At that point, would a Big 12 deal be worth more per year? It already is. To a Louisville? To a Virginia Tech? Uh, if to they, a, yeah, so you want landing spots, which is very important. Well, what I'm saying is, wouldn't a West Coast annex for the Big 12 help speed up that media value for other ACC schools to say, look, you could keep making 40, or you could make 45 right now, and we're you don't have to worry about us leaving because we're going to do that anyway. So you could go now, lock yourself yeah, in better. Deal. I think that was the cry. That was what the, that was the alarm bell. He's in addition to talking to the other schools that are like-minded, he's talking to the schools that aren't real sure what they want to do. And those schools and they're in the powers that be at those schools looking around going, well, this thing is inevitably going to crumble. Clearly now we're in, we're in the, we're at a place where publicly, the viability of the conference is being questioned by the most powerful entities in the conference. So this is not going to go well. We already know what the numbers are, so we don't have to research that. We know how far we're going to be falling behind year in and year out. So between what we know is inevitable and the monies that we're missing out on, might it be best for us to be proactive and get up out of here sooner rather than later and take a sure thing with the Big 12 
or if we have a chance to go to the Big Ten, something like that, obviously that's a, a far more um, – yeah, for a school like Louisville or Virginia, or Virginia. Tech. No, I'm saying like Virginia, if they yeah. wanted to go to the Big Ten. Like, yeah. Virginia Tech is not going to the Big Ten, and oh. Louisville sure as hell is But they could make more money but, right now, right here, in somewhere else other than yeah, the ACC. Yeah, Big, Big 12 would be the answer. And we're going to devalue the hell out of the thing by leaving. So yeah. what, what what's it going to be? You might as well just work with us instead of working against us. You can do it for spite and cost yourself several million dollars a year in TV payout, or do you want to work with us and let's let's find a solution and a landing spot? Yeah. Well, the, the the that's the the bluff and all of that, but I mean, they could just look right back at you and go, no, no, we're we're not going to renegotiate anything. You're going to pay us everything, and if you don't like it, you can go to court. And then then you kind of you better you better have your ducks in a row and be ready to go to court because you can't be here for thirteen more years. We won't be. No, we won't be. That's a very refreshing thought. Sooner, much sooner, not twenty twenty six. Right. Let's play those Georgia sooner. and Alabama games as a member of the conference. Not as an out-of-conference opener. That would be great. That would truly be great. Again, a couple reminders here. First of all, Tom, let's uh, let's get back to something we announced earlier on the show, which is the fact that uh, the Jeff Cameron Show War Chant Invitational Charity Golf Tournament benefiting the second harvest of the Big Ben is going to take place April the 14th at Capital City Country Club yet again. Cannot wait. Really looking forward to it. It's... Um, it's a great pleasure to work with the fine folks at Capital City Country Club and Second Harvest and all of our great sponsors. You want to sign up? You want to get in on this thing? You want to have fun like we did the day before this time around, the day before the spring game, on a Friday, 9 a.m. tea time, 625 for a team of four. Get your guys in, a, in order and let's go. We're already down. We started with 26 teams. We're already down to, what, 12? We are down to 10. 10. We are down to 10 teams and also that singles group we have one set aside because we've had some people that travel across the country and right. especially really for the spring game them. yeah there are now only two slots remaining for that group so we have two singles signed up that will make part of a foursome of singles correct so that group is now half full you are one of those singles who want to play worried that you couldn't be able to gather up the other three guys you need sign up for that singles event we'll put you on that team even if if it's you and a buddy coming up for the spring game and there's just two of you just email me Tom at warchant.com. That's got to fill up by tomorrow. Oh, I, I would, would think, think. I would think that you'll get the answer to that tonight. So, again, and Tom, if you want to flash on the screen, I don't know if you did already, uh, how they can get signed up. Yep, I will post that link again. Yeah, we'll put that link back up there for you. So, there you go. That'll be fun. Looking forward to it. The announcement came down today. We've got it ready to roll, and that's a good thing. Also, don't forget about this Friday if you're in town. You feel like benefiting the uh, big brothers, big sisters of the Big Ben? Why wouldn't you? From 5.30 to 9 p.m. this Friday night, join my friends here at 93.3 Real Talk Radio over at Summerbrook Golf Course for a little bit of nighttime driving range with glowing balls. Get them for, uh, for you know, they're available for purchase. Hit the range cart contest, closest to the pin contest, beer and drinks on sale from our friends at Tri-Eagle as well. Georgia Beer Company on site pouring their back nine brew as well. Friday night. Summerbrook Golf Club, 539. Portions of the proceeds benefiting big brothers, big sisters of the Big Ben, if you want to be part of that as well. Uh, up on the YouTube feed, Warchant TV feed, is the eventcreate.com slash e slash JCS Golf 2023. And that's where you sign up. The link is already on Warchant's social media. It'll be on the boards in just a moment, pinned at the top. And remember, there's only 10 teams left. So you might want to act on this. We all have those golf group texts. Hop on yours now and wrangle the fellas or the ladies up. 
And I might be wearing my Payne Stewart get-up, P. Simpson. I might. For years when I did this thing, we did have the uh, old Crazy Pants Cameron. I was not afraid. Still one of the great regrets of my life, stumbling across an upstart company that was making crazy pants. And I thought that would be a good investment. Reached out to the founder just to do it. Found him in San Francisco. Guy had no contracts. Within a year, he had John Daly. Next thing I knew, everybody. But he have taken your money as an investor? I, I called him. We talked. But I just never. I, it's, on, it's on me, Tom. It's on me. Story of my life. Body Piper wanted to do the interview. Did I follow up? Did I give him a time and a place to do the interview? No. Dies right, what was it, a month and a half later? Yeah. Could have had my Rowdy Piper interview. I was at the beach when I got that sad news. Ruined my whole beach trip. We had just got there. We were grabbing the beach chairs, and I got the text. Piper's dead. Might have been my fault. Damn it, man. Have a good trip. (laughs) Piper's dead, and I blew it. Good work out of you. Good work, Director Matthew. See you at the practice field. Yep. We'll be headed over there in just a minute. Peace. Talk to you guys tomorrow. YouTube only tomorrow from 1 to 3.